Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey everybody, Paul Gray here. Thanks for joining me again. Last time I visited with you all a little bit about a very exciting new thing that we're doing called the Grace Restoration Team. You know, our goal and our purpose and our intent and our passion is to help everybody we can be restored, reintroduced to their sonship, being a son or daughter of the only true God who is their father and who is pure, unconditional, never-ending, never-failing, agape love, pure light with no trace of darkness, who is continually manifesting grace to all people and giving and effortlessly producing Holy Spirit power in them and through them and as them, and showing people how Christ in them, living as them, gives them and overflows to others joy and peace and grace and kindness and goodness and gentleness, the faith of Christ, forgiveness, compassion, mercy, all sorts of wonderful things that we can't do on our own. We are all about restoring, reintroducing people to their loving Papa and their true identity. Because most people, including maybe even especially religious people, don't intimately know and experience the only true God as their loving Papa. For the most part, that's because of most people's false perception of sin. Contrary to what we've been taught in church, sin has nothing to do with moral behavior. The first church didn't use the English word sin. Today, that word's become twisted and distorted by religion, which seems to have an unholy obsession with what religion calls behavior modification. But the first church, the word that they use, that we unfortunately translate sin, is the word harmartia, and it's singular. It means missing the mark. Missing the mark of sonship is the basic thing. It's missing the mark of knowing that you are a perfect child of the perfect father. You're the brother of Christ. You're the best friend and partner of the Holy Spirit, whom I like to call grace. See, when you miss that mark, then you live like an orphan, always trying to get your false concept of God to adopt you, to prove that you're good enough to be loved and accepted and valued and good enough to somehow get that God to come to you and overlook your sin and bless you. And even when we get into that mode, we try to get other people to meet our needs that only God can meet for unconditional love and acceptance and value. We, we try to do that through relationships and possessions and status and religion and accomplishments and control and manipulation and booze or drugs or power, legally or illegally. All of those are symptoms of missing the mark. Missing the mark of the glory of God being your perfect loving father. And when we do miss that mark, we live like a spiritual orphan. Many single parents live like spiritual orphans. 
as do virtually all religious people. And everybody who doesn't intimately know Papa Jesus and Grace for who they really are. I told you last week that we started a new ministry, a new way to help single parents, a ministry that you can be part of. Most single parents, their children, and almost all people on the face of the earth, as Jesus said, don't know Jesus and the Father, according to Jesus himself, Matthew eleven twenty seven, He said, nobody knows the Father. And as a result, most people today are living like spiritual orphans. They have this concept of God that's nothing like a father. You know, most versions of the Bible, of the New Testament, in James 1 and 27, talks about religion. Religion's only used five times in the New Testament. And every single time, it talks about the Jewish religion. And, of course, by extension, it means any other religion. Here's the Passion Translation of James 1.27. True spirituality, which other versions say religion, true spirituality, true ministry that is pure in the eyes of our Father God is to make a difference in the lives of the orphans and widows in their troubles. And the Greek word orphanos there that we translate orphans means the fatherless or the comfortless. Again, the English word religion only appears five times, always has a meaning of the Jewish religion in the Bible. So James, who wrote that, was a Christian Jew. And he wrote this little letter of his to the 12 tribes of Israel scattered across the word. I believe when he wrote this, he was in your face saying, you keep using that word religion. I don't think you know what it means. He's saying the stuff we used to think was right in our concept of religion was totally off base. Now we know that pure, quote, religion, unquote, is simply helping those people who think they're widows and orphans see the truth. Helping spiritual people who think they're widows and orphans see the truth about who they really are. Of course, it means helping people tangibly true, but in a greater sense, it means spiritually orphaned people. The mirror translates it this way. The purest and most uncompromising form of religious expression is found at its source. God is the father of mankind. He inspires us to take a genuine interest in helping the fatherless and widows in their plight. Spiritual, fatherless, and widows. See, when you don't know who God really is and who you really are, you have the false fatherless mindset of, I am not. We all experience that. Everybody has since Adam and Eve, everybody except Jesus. And single parents and their kids tend to especially believe the I am not lie. Maybe you do too. I struggle with it sometimes. Have you ever thought or said lies like, I am not good enough. I am rejected. I'm abandoned. I'm not worthy. I'm not loved. I'm not accepted. I have no value. I'm not wanted. I'm poor. I'm despised by God because of what I've done. God can't possibly love me. I'm unlovable. How about this? Have you ever told someone else, especially a child, you're not a child of God. You were born a sinner, totally depraved. 
Because of your sin, you are separated from God, and God is going to torture you forever if you don't say the words I tell you to say and do the things I tell you to do. And even then, it might not be enough. (laughs) If you've ever said those words to a child, you're teaching a child or an adult that God is not their loving father. And if you teach that, it's because you yourself don't know God is your loving father and their loving father. You are actually a spiritual orphan, and you're convincing others that they're orphans too. There's a word for that. Spiritual child abuse. Spiritual abuse. Masquerading, of course, as religion. (laughs) See, none of that's true. It might seem like it's true because of how you feel God ought to relate to us, Because of your circumstances, it might seem like it's true because you've heard that said over and over again from religion. But those words come from people who are living like spiritual orphans or had the perverted mindset that somehow they're the children of God, but everybody else is an orphan. Jesus, truth himself, came to save us from spiritual abuse. So now you know the truth. We can jump up and down and celebrate. As Papa's sons and daughters in his grace restoration team, we get to not only help people financially, but even more importantly, we get to help them know the good news about who they really are. We joyfully tell them that they're not spiritual orphans. They never have been. They never will be. You all know the story that Jesus told in Luke 15 to show us what God the Father is really like, what sin really is. And the hell that religious people create for themselves. You know their stories. Here's a little summary. In Luke 15, the younger son's problem was not being rude or disrespectful to his father. It wasn't wasting his money. It wasn't a lifestyle of moral debauchery. It wasn't being religiously unclean. That's what the religious people thought it was, but it wasn't. It was his I am not mindset. Look at what he planned to say to the father when he was morally bankrupt and financially bankrupt. He said, okay, I'm going to go home to my father's place and just hopefully get a job as a servant so I'll have something to eat. And he rehearses this speech. Luke 18, 21, the mirror translates it this way. He began his rehearsed, quote, sinners, unquote, prayer. Father, I am not, I am not worthy to be your son. Have you ever heard a religious person say, I am not worthy, or I am so unworthy? Have you ever said that? Have you ever said, oh, I'm not worthy, I'm so unworthy? Those words are religious lies. They're just lies. Religion wants you to believe that you're not worthy. And of course, they can tell you how to get worthy and you got to keep coming back every week and do everything they say and give what they say. No, those are all lies. Jesus said in Luke 15, the father representing the only true God, the father of all of us, stopped the son mid-sentence in his sinner's prayer, didn't even acknowledge his false I am not mindset And instead, the father was the first recorded leader of the original grace restitution team. He restored his son's realization who he'd always been, 
still was and always would be. He hugged him, he kissed him, he danced with him, he drank with him, he ate with him, he delighted in him, he restored the son's perception of sonship and who the father was and who he was. He had the servants clean him up and restore his sonship tangibly with shoes and clothes and a ring and being back in the farm and having all the treasures that the owner had. He showed and told all the watching, condemning religious people that their false perception of the father and sonship was counterfeit. And he had a party in his son's honor. He was the example of the first leader of the Grace Restoration Team. And we get to do the same thing today. You know, one of the things that really helps people know who God really is and who they really are is seeing the revelation that the promises of God really are for them. Promises like, you are my beloved son, my beloved daughter, in whom I'm well pleased. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm always with you. Nothing can separate you from my love. I'm in you, and you're in me. Of course, there are a myriad of other promises from God to you personally in Scripture, and maybe even more importantly, promises that God has given to you personally. The living Word of God, Christ in you, promises God has given to you personally. Peter summed it up like this in 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. He said, everything we could ever need, did you get that? Everything you could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by God's divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him, Christ, who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. As a result of this, he has given you, yes, you, magnificent promises that are beyond all price, so that through the power of these tremendous promises, we can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. And I might add, those corrupt desires come from religion, from not knowing who we are, not knowing who our Father is. Now, of course, even when we know that, we do have obstacles. Well, then what? Look at what the prophet uh, Zechariah wrote in chapter 4. In chapter 3, there's this guy that's being accused by the accuser. And Zechariah wants to know what he can do against this powerful enemy. He's trying to figure out all these ways that he can do something. Sound familiar? I mean, that's what I try to do. Then in Zechariah 4, 4 to 7, Zechariah tells us what the Lord said. Not by your might, not by your power, but by my spirit, by the spirit of God. What are you, O great mountain of obstacles? You've become insignificant, a nothing, a no thing. You are being restored by God's grace. That's what he says to this person in need. You are being restored by God's grace. And then he says, grace, grace to it. Grace once, as we've learned, is helping people, whatever their tangible needs are. Grace, grace the second time, helping them spiritually know who they are, who their father is, who they really are, and who everybody else is. Grace, grace to it. Folks, that's happening today. Spiritual parents and their kids are being accuser, the I am not voice, and we are the Holy Spirit's grace restoration team. 
<laughs> we, we, I told you all last week, we're getting together a minimum of 100 people giving $100 a month, $10,000 a month to tangibly help single parents and their kids see grace, God's love in action. And then after that, we're following up and connecting them with a group of people around the country, around the world, really, who will help remind them. It's just a click away from their computer, help remind them as often as they want to hear it of who God really is, who their father really is, who they are and who everybody else is. Grace, grace to it. Turning their mountain of obstacles literally into nothing. Next time, I'm going to tell you about a really cool way we have to connect single parents. And it's actually a part of this podcast, what we've been doing with 275 or so podcast episodes so far. And we can help single parents and other people close to them and people that they can specific, we're going to connect them with people they can specifically relate to around the world to help them see their true identity in Christ. It's an amazing thing, an amazing opportunity that we have the chance to be a part of. I'm so excited to let you all know about that and let you know how you can participate. Now, many of you are listening to this via a podcast, and you're not able to see online what I'm going to show you right now. So I'm going to tell you the way you can be part of our Grace Restoration team is you can go to paypal.com. And if you follow the prompts there, it will say, do you, who do you want to send money to? And you put in an email for that and you put in grace restoration team at gmail.com. When you do that, you go to PayPal, you put in grace restoration team at gmail.com and then it, it will prompt you. You can give via a PayPal account if you have one or via a credit card, lots of different ways to do that. So remember that to donate to the Grace Restoration Team, you go to PayPal at Grace Restoration Team at gmail.com, and then you can contribute and you can be part of this wonderful group that's starting to help. And every week I'm going to be telling you stories. I'm going to be interviewing people that we're helping. You're going to hear wonderful stories, as I told you last week about a couple of people that are being helped all over the country by the Grace Restoration Team. You can be a part of that, and you can hear those stories. And sometime, like we're doing, inspired by somebody else, if the Lord leads you to, you can start your own Grace Restoration Team. And however you want to do that, whoever you want to help, however you want to do it, God is really up to something today. He is helping people all over the world, all over the country, see who God really is, see who we really are, and see who everybody else is, and not just know that, like to answer questions on a test, but to experience who he is, what he's doing for us, and then to participate in his loving and giving to everybody, especially to those who are the most in need. We get to do that. So again, I hope you'll take a chance to be involved in the Grace Restoration Team. We're going to have more information up on a, on a new website and things like that soon. But you can get started. Just go to PayPal. And when it prompts you to uh, where to give, put in the email, gracerestorationteam at gmail.com. And when you do that, you'll be able to give. It's part of our 501c3 ministry. Everything that you give will be tax deductible. You'll get a receipt for that. Hey, I'm really excited about what God's doing. And next week, I'm going to tell you one more part of what we're doing that's 
uh, I'd like to tell you about it today. It's so exciting. But you'll get to see it next week. Hey, thanks, everybody, for being with me. Paul Gray saying grace to all. Love you all. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.